0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for this week. The last week of September, I can't even believe it. It seems like just yesterday we were talking about the beginning of September and then we were talking about the fall equinox. And here we are a week beyond that even. So it's amazing how fast time flies. <clears throat> uh, last year at Christmas time, we had taken a trip down to um, Disneyland. And on the way home from Disneyland, we were looking at um, what we were going to wear for my daughter's wedding that was supposed to, that is scheduled for October 2nd. And here we are, I can't even believe the time has gone by and the wedding is coming up this weekend. So it's an exciting time for us in our family, but also fraught with peril, as you know how it goes, right? All the last minute details, seeing to all the things. I woke up this morning anxious over what I'm wearing, right? What I'm wearing. Silly, right? But I just can't help myself because I just, oh, and the thing that was Getting to me this morning too was what do I get her as a wedding gift? Oh my God. Uh, God, I am my own worst enemy when it comes to this kind of thing, thinking that the things I've done are never enough. So it's been a lot of anxiety for me, but that's really silly because it's a, it's, yeah, anyway. And here we are, of course, a day after the new moon. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Tell me about your new moon intentions, because this morning we're going to talk about how do you hold on to that new moon intention, especially when we're staring down a week where we have seven planets in retrograde and we begin the transition in human design at least out of uh, the, the or into the spleen center where fear resides, right, where shadows are. And all of us likely will be presented with fear in some respects or paralysis points in our in our lives over these next uh, several weeks, in fact through the first week of November. And literally this begins tomorrow, the 27th, when the sun moves into the first gate of the spleen, the gate 18. So this morning, I want to talk about how do we deal with this, right? What are we talking about in terms of fear or paralysis? And how do we hold on to what it is that we're trying to create our intentions? Right, our creative process when we are faced with these shadow energies. But first, before we get to that part of the show, it's time to say good morning to everybody. And I see a lot of people already popped in to say hello. Erica Dorsey, good morning to you. And Pam Zaruba, hello, Tom. Hello to you, Corey and Nico Vasquez. Good morning. Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel, I hope you're doing well this morning. Kajela, nice to see you. JLo, hello. And Debbie Tippett's two meals said, and a hurricane heading your way. Not my way, but your way. Uh, Suzanne Fulmer. Oh my goodness. Great to see you. Treat yourself. I like that. Uh, Good to see you. Tanya says, my brain is getting bombarded with creative ideas. I have too many. Make it stop. No, right. You don't want to make it stop. You want to make it crystallize into what's the most important thing for you. Now, let's start with that, right? Because I think, I'll uh, no, I'll get to that. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's start with where the moon is right now, <laughs> which is still in Libra, right? The new moon was in very early Libra, two degrees Libra. So we are in the entire day here today with the moon in Libra. And it looks like the moon will be in trine which is a a positive flow of energy between two planets that typically can create some havoc for us. One being a trine to Mars, right in Gemini, the second being a trine to Saturn in Aquarius. Now the, the degree mark for each of these, in fact, let me take a look at this really quickly here. Mercury, not Mercury, Saturn, there we go. Saturn is at 19 degrees today. And the moon this morning when I pulled the chart was at 11 degrees of Libra. So it's moving into that trine uh, with uh, Saturn. And let's see, where is Mars at 18 degrees? So technically speaking, we have a grand air trine completed by the moon, Saturn and Mars today. So that's an interesting thing to think about because for Tanya, where you're talking about all of those ideas, those creative ideas, it's likely that this grand trine is what is causing it, right? Or at least even even just the trine from um, the moon to Mars or the moon to Saturn can create that. But now you have, you know, a a trine, a, a grand trine, meaning that we have three bodies, all in air signs that are in this 120 degree relationship with one another so we have a lot of flow a lot of flow airflow ideas coming in and out however that can also play into the anxiety that we feel about creating about anything that's going in on our on in our lives that is of an anxious sort of uh has that anxious energy around it It can be about things that we haven't done. It could be about our new moon intentions, but there is a lot of air energy. So how do you deal with a lot of air energy? Well, the first thing you have to do is you've got to get your feet on the ground. Literally put yourself outside, maybe in the grass, barefoot if you can. It's still kind of, you know, summery weather. Even here in the Pacific Northwest, we're in the 60s. Still decent enough to go outside, put your feet on the ground and maybe even from that point right doing something very grounding then check in with those ideas for you tanya uh, for anybody who's experiencing this and get a read on what seems most reasonable for you to do what makes you feel the happiest when you think about doing it because that's what it's all about right what makes you happy what feels good to you what seems like it would be the next best step for you to take right so we have that uh yes too many ideas is a stalemate what am i supposed to focus on ugh there's no supposed to right there is no supposed to you're supposed to if you want to use that word focus on what it is that makes you happy like if you have 10 ideas not not all 10 of those ideas are going to give you the same amount of happiness right they're not going to all feel as good as the other and you might also have you know this idea that has to come before the next idea right maybe there's this uh, progression of energies in in the ideas before you can get to this one you have to do this one right so we got to be able to see the pathway of the ideas as well so what we need to make sure we're not doing is leaping out at all of the ideas that we have at the same time, because that is not going to be very supportive, right? So we have to be very aware of that. Now, the moon in Libra, not only adds ideas, but it adds emotion to the ideas, right? So we had the new moon yesterday, last evening, for most of you, and that led us to perhaps setting some intentions about what we want to create in our lives so what do you want to create it all goes back to that so there's no supposed to try to do or anything like that it's about what makes me happy remember the moon and the sun were at the same gate in human design the gate 46 which is the gate of being in the physical embodiment so what physically makes you happy, right? That's the question. And remember in the shadow, that gate was the gate of um, seriousness, like being too serious, right? So we wanted to bring it into delight, right? Delight. What was the most delightful thing that we could do, right? So the astrology is really focusing us on what it is that we would like to. To do what feels good to us, if you want to use those words, what makes you happy, if you want to use those words. And I think the problem for a lot of us is that we have these planets that are in retrograde, and that retrograde often brings us any planet in retrograde brings us inward. If we're coming inward, then we might be facing our fears, right? We might be facing the anxiety about it. We might be uh, facing the indecision about what do we want, right? Indecision is a killer here because in the face of so many potentials and only one beginning, right, one new beginning, you really cannot focus on multitudes of ideas. We can't do it yet. Right At some day in our, in our um, evolution, I'm sure that humanity will find a way to be able to multi uh, focus on intentions. But at this moment in time, as we are in our creative process, we can only focus on one thing at a time. So what is the main thing you want in, to create in your life? What are you committed to creating in your life? Right? What are you committed, especially over the next three to six months, since we're looking at it possibly seasonally, right? We've just moved into the, the equinox energy. So what do you want to see in your life in the next three months, but you can't have a plethora of things because too many things diffuses your energy, right? It diffuses it. So when we've got planets in retrograde, let's go back to my original thought here. There are certain things that we can do that you could say are proactive. Like what proactive things can we do in the face of so much energy that's put us focused inward? Well, with Mercury in retrograde, Mercury rules the mind. He is retrograde at this moment in Virgo, right? Virgo. So it might be a good time to get in touch with your old goals, right? What is something that you popped up on the shelf? Perhaps because you didn't have the time to complete it or the right things weren't coming together the way that you wanted to. So what things have you popped up there on the shelf that you can now take down and dust off and think about how might I repurpose, repurpose, reinvent or reorganize this particular thing or program or whatever, Right. It is a good time to get in touch with uh, people that you haven't talked to in a long time. I did that this last week, funny enough, and it is a good time also to be proactive when it comes to your devices, right? Make sure they're backed up. Make sure that your virus protections and all those kinds of malware, whatever it is that you have that protects you, are all tuned up or activated. Um, It is a great time with Mercury Retrograde to go back through all of the things that you're thinking, kind of to edit, right? Let's edit our thoughts, edit your ideas. So Tanya, yay though, you have a million ideas coming up, which ones are worth your time and your effort? And then how can you tweak them or update them in some way to be more in alignment with who you are now, right? Or with what you want now? Maybe you have an old writing project or some course of study that you were working on. Uh, Maybe it's time to, uh, I've been thinking about this, actually, I almost did it this weekend and I thought I do not have the time to bring this to completion. So don't start it. I was going to take down my website, redo it and put it back up. Kind of a dicey thing to do in (laughs) in a retrograde, but that's the level of thinking that I'm at. And I bet some of you are thinking about those same things. How can I, I mean, the the natural thing, especially with Mars and Gemini is to want to deconstruct in order to reconstruct, but that may not be necessary, right? And certainly not something that you maybe want to undertake during the retrograde. But as I ended up doing, I was looking at my website going, okay, you know, how can I make this more user friendly? That's where I went with that. I didn't do anything with it. It was just too nice of weather to be inside stuck on my computer. We went out for a 20 mile bike ride yesterday. It was really kind of cool. Now we don't have Venus retrograde, but we are going to have Mars retrograde here shortly and uh, shortly as in within a month. So with Mars in retrograde, we're going to want to learn how to press, how to handle pressure and conflict more effectively. So it's going to be a time to lay down our swords right? It's going to be a late time to lay down those harsh words, those criticisms and those judgments. Stop rushing to avoid accidents, right? Mars in retrograde can often bring us into accident proneness, if that's a word, accident proneness. So we want to practice patience when Mars is in retrograde. We'll talk more about this, I'm sure, ad nauseum over the next month. Now, jupiter retrograde how do we deal proactively with jupiter in retrograde remember jupiter rules growth and expansion and our optimism right how we see the bigger picture and oh by the way did you know today mar or uh, jupiter is coming it uh, making its closest approach to earth as it since the last i think 54 years so not only is it a very powerful planet, but it's affecting us even more powerfully right now because it is so close to Earth. It is about 200 million miles closer to Earth right now than its normal position. So that's a lot of magnetic energy poised right close to us that is in retrograde. So now we might have to slow down our risk-taking right? Because Jupiter sometimes in its need or desire to grow and expand, will take risks to do it. And yeah, if we don't take risks, we, what's that saying? Nothing ventured, nothing gained. So typically that would be the rule with Jupiter, right? To step outside of your comfort zone and do some, you know, risk taking, calculated risk taking. But right now you might want to slow down before you take a risk, right? You might want to reevaluate is it worth it? What could I lose? Right? And is it okay if I lose that thing, that money, that friend, that whatever, right? Um, It might be a good time to go back to what it was that you had put in place to grow your business or to grow a relationship or to grow your healing practice, your spiritual practice, and take a look at what you're doing there. Saturn in retrograde, tighten up your plans right? If you have plans to do something, then this is a time for you to rethink it, right? Look at the goal. What was the goal? So you've set intentions, hopefully for the new moon, or for those of you who are entered into my uh, manifesting blueprint coaching, that's what we're going to be talking about. How do we tweak your goals? How do we tighten them up? Or how do we loosen them up based on who you are at soul level and how you are meant to manifest? Um, Maybe it's a change in your career path, right? How you show up as an authority figure in your own life. It might be a time for us to really practice self-discipline. Yeah, well, I was walking through the grocery store last night and you know, it's all it's getting to be, you know, crazy how much candy is out because of Halloween. But I've been so really good watching my sugar intake over the summer. And in one, you know, walk through an aisle, I was ready to pull out all of the good tasting candy bars and self-discipline, right? Practice self-discipline. Now we also have Uranus in retrograde. So how do we proactively work with the contrarian, right? So we have to watch those contrarian natures that we have. Like I could have said, you know, I could have just chucked out the whole idea of uh reducing my sugar intake um, in favor of just, you know, I want to eat what I want to eat. And, you know, body, you're just gonna have to come with me. This might be a time for us to question our belief patterns, our political stances, our um philosophies of life. Right? Because sometimes we enter into this rebel without a cause kind of energy with Uranus in retrograde. We want to be a rebel with a cause, not without a cause. So proactively using this retrograde of uh, Uranus to see where is my contrarian nature showing up? Where am I doing things despite myself? I think we've all probably heard that saying before, cutting off your nose despite your face. Where am I doing that? right where am i tempted to do that so we want to stop that we want to reconnect with the things that are our unique gifts and our uniqueness our genius right we want to reconnect with that now we also have neptune in retrograde and neptune in retrograde i i often think Neptune in retrograde is a very positive thing because I think it helps us restore our connection to our spirit or to our intuition, to our gut instinct, right? So it might be a great time to dive into your subconscious mind, your patterns, your healing places, your, your wounded places that yet need healing, um, therapy, Um, It is a sign of divination tools even. So maybe it's time to do some more divination. Maybe get your oracle cards out, uh, get an astrology reading, uh, get a a study that is more spiritually based going in your life. Uh, Watch out for denial. Watch out for codependence. Watch out for disillusionment and disappointment. Watch out for victimness. And that's huge coming up into the next several weeks as we move into the splenic energies and with the sun you know, kind of provoking us to move through our fears and where we are paralyzed. We also have Pluto in retrograde at the moment. Pluto invites us to explore our shadow nature, our shadow sides, and does kind of hold out the invitation for us to delve into the fears that we have the limiting beliefs that we have, uh, the entrenched subconscious or unconscious patterns that are running our show, right? The things that we do to self-sabotage, the things that we do that we are not being our own best friend. And what is it possibly that we're, that what's the bang for our buck in doing those kinds of things, um, it might be a good time to really reevaluate your power structure in your life. Are you looking outside of yourself to become empowered or are you looking inside of yourself for power? Right? You are your own best power source. Are you kind of linking your or hitching your wagon to someone else's power or are you working with your own? So, these the reason I want to go through these today is because when you have that number of planets retrograde god there's a little teeny weeny spider crawling across my camera like i am not freaking out over this okay you can stay just stay when we have this number of planets retrograde at a time with a new moon At a time when we have the biggest planet in our solar system approaching the closest it's been to Earth in almost 60 years, it was actually 57 years, something like that. That is a lot of uh, potential to draw us away from our power or our authority, or we can look at it as a way to reinstitute our own power structure, our own inner wealth of information, our own inner a source of guidance, right? That is the big deal that we can be looking at. Now, um, as well, we are looking at a time where the sun moving through the spleen center takes us into the potential of the field of success or failure success or failure. So uh, I'm going to talk about that here in just a second, but I see comments coming in. So I want to see what that's all about. Um, Erica says, I am literally going to the freezer to grab cookies as you're talking about discipline. Well, the thing is, I have to be disciplined because I can't afford to put on even one pound and fit into the dress for the wedding or to my outfit for the wedding. I mean, literally, if I did that, I would be in trouble losing another couple might be good. <laughs> but I I, can't, I cannot afford to lose discipline at this point in time, Erica. Uh, Christine Buckingham. So if we have all those planets in retrograde natal, this applies all of the time. Indeed, right? Um, one of the things that I noticed is that people who have, well, it's not unusual, by the way. So don't think that you're like some kind of person that, you know, is in trouble because all of your planets are retrograde. A lot of times the outer planets are retrograde for anywhere from four and a half to six months out of the year. If that's the case, then a good part of the population is going to have planets like that, Pluto, Neptune, Uranus in retrograde. So don't be surprised if yours are in retrograde. They really those planets connect us to the collective, right? They're not necessarily personally activated. So they they bring us into archetypal energy. So the archetype of Uranus is the awakener, the rebel, the uh, revolutionary. But that's a part of the collective. And where do you tap into that? That's the question. Where do I tap into that? And um, we, we can see the contrarian nature of Uranus in politics, right? We, we see it all the time, especially right now with Uranus in retrograde. We see movement backwards, like trying to drag us backwards in time um, into, you know, more um, things uh, from times past. I mean, Italy just went back to a very conservative Uh, political government that was not seen since World War II. That's interesting, right? Because that's Uranus contrarian kind of bucking against the tide, moving contrary to where Saturn is pulling us at the moment, which is setting us up for a foundation for the future. So we are looking at signs and symbols through Uranus and through Saturn even at this point in time that might be setting us up for another situation of a, of a world war. And are we going to succumb to that, right? We, But these are big collective ideas. Neptune, also collective. So when we're looking at Neptune, we're looking at spirituality. We're looking at the parts of us that are depending on a higher power here's where we get into trouble right because on the collective level we still have a good percentage of the population kind of stuck in patterns of religions that call you to become dependent on an outer source for your salvation right which if you see yourself as needing salvation, and I'm speaking more from the religious standpoint, not necessarily spiritual. But if you see yourself as needing salvation, doesn't that put you in the role of victim, which is what we know does not support who we are. We are not victims, right? We choose. We choose what we believe. We choose how to respond to whatever it is that shows up in our world but it's a collective force. You know, it's much better for us to see that we are all spiritually sovereign beings. Sovereign in the case here used as a way to say that you are your higher power. There is no out there that you can go to that's going to save you. You don't need saving. You're perfectly complete and whole as you are. So I'm not saying I'm not religion bashing, but I am saying that religion teaches us to look outside of ourselves to become empowered, where in Neptune in its highest is showing us that we are the embodied soul. We are the embodied spirit. We are the fractal of what we would call God or source and given all of those divine rights, right? The same creative processes. It's just slowed down here in our 3D experience. We're in a denser planet, right? So our existence here slows down that mechanism of creation, thankfully, right? So then if we look at Pluto, even though he's been demoted or whatever, we're looking at this idea of going through some dark nights of the soul, like being empowered by looking deep within ourselves and letting go of the fear, letting go of the shadow energy that's been holding us captive to choices that keep us away from fear instead of choices that allow us to face our fears, right? Are facing our fears, facing our shadows, right? Facing our shadow energies. There's really nothing in the collective organized wise, that is taking us on that trip so it's a process of us needing to empower ourselves to move through that energy to move through those places where we are stuck so i don't know how i got all the way over onto that subject but lay down my sword it's attached (laughs) oh that's funny uh pam are you meeting up with tam wednesday this week instead of next week yes we will be meeting up on wednesday uh with tam to go into october's uh astro inklings so eight o'clock wednesday morning this wednesday morning and then just a heads up i will not be with you on friday or the following monday i think i'll be back the following wednesday the 5th of october Uh, Because we have family coming into town and I just want to be free and available to do whatever it is that we'll be doing together. So uh, that gives us a heads up. So thank you for bringing that up. Suzanne Fulmer, I want to further my education. Is this a bad time to do that? No. Is it? Do you think it is? My my philosophy while i teach about retrograde planets and i teach about the timing of doing things and what have you it all begins with what do you desire right what do you desire suzanne do you want to go back to school do you want to further your education in some way a lot of times when planets are retrograde it is a good time to do that because it gives us more of that internal focus so being able to Um, take more time to study, to read, to contemplate. So, but it's not a good time for you if there's so many other things that you're engaged in that the thought of taking on one more thing like education is not so, uh, doesn't feel so good. So again, you're you're the, the power in your life. Don't give your power away. Don't even give your power away to planets. Just follow your own instinct, follow your own gut. And let's see, Christine, so, oh, we were talking about natal, right? So the outer planets, a lot of you are going to have those in retrograde. So no, it doesn't really change things up for you when they turn retrograde, but it probably brings things more into focus for you if you have the planets retrograde by birth. If you don't have those planets retrograde by birth, this is something new for you, right? This is something where your planets turned inward, it's normally outer focused and now it turns inward. So it might be a little more blatant in your life when those outer planets turn. Uh, if you don't have them retrograde by birth. So you might suddenly find that you have to d- dive deeper into something that something you know shows up in your life that you have to move through. It's not a bad thing, but maybe more profound for those of you who have those outer three planets. Um direct in your natal chart versus those of us who have them uh, in retrograde. Now, when we look at Saturn and Jupiter, they're also going to spend about four and a half to five months in retrograde as well. So a good chunk of the population has those planets in retrograde, but they're not collective planets, but yet they're not personal planets, they sort of form that middle, right, the societal planets, we could say, they kind of uh, speak to the culture of the time, right, that that, uh, they're uh, in the retrograde. So we may have to tone down some of our expansion tendencies. When we have a retrograde Jupiter, for example, and when we have Saturn retrograde, we may have to revamp the plan because maybe we've come too narrow focused so each of those planets has something also for us to learn same rules apply if it's retrograde in your own natal chart it's nothing new right it's nothing new you'll be able to get through it just fine you might have um, something come up that takes you to the next level in whatever work you've been doing with them and if you have Jupiter and Saturn in direct motion Uh, in your natal chart and they retrograde, then that is your opportunity to take the energies of growth and expansion and also constriction and uh, take a look and how are they playing out in your life. When we have the personal planets retrograde in our personal charts, that's where it really begins to affect us personally, right? And then when they turn retrograde, there is a feeling that it's a better time for you if you have it retrograde natally, so if you have a a retrograde, a natal retrograde, Mercury, Venus, Mars, you might do really well under their retrogrades, right? Um, And then when they turn direct, you might have that wobbly time, right? Because you've, you've normally got them in retrograde. When you have those planets in direct motion in your chart, and then they turn retrograde. That's when you have a lot of personal upheaval perhaps or personal changes that you have to deal with, things happening that are model, things in your outer world that model what needs to happen on your inner planes, all of that kind of stuff. So uh, that's kind of how those retrogrades affect us. Now, Michelle says, good morning. I just realized I have a Libra moon. I bet that explains why I had a really rough Friday night and weekend. Saturday night was awful. I went to into a deep emotional self-worth hole. Yesterday I was almost zombie-like. You mentioned paralyzing energy, that is what I felt like. Curled up on the deck and watched the hummingbird feeder most of the day. I'm mostly better today, thankfully. <clears throat> Michelle I totally get it but I totally see there's another mechanism at work here as you and I have already worked through your divine manifesting blueprint. And there's this little thing called dissonance that happens to us or happens in our world between the point of the changes that we want to make and the actual changes that we are making and how they impact us. So a a new moon is sort of a jacked up intention setting time too, right? So we have, you have, because you're probably the first one that I did that with uh, are you are having the reaction to the new choices that you're needing to make. And kind of sitting in that in between zone, right? You're in between the old, the old you right, the old unhealthy you, and the new choices that you're making to now affect your health in positive ways. And you're not yet to that newness, right? So you're in that dissonant zone. And it's difficult there. And it is a time when we are really willing to we want to give up that and we want to give up the intention. This is the holding on to your intention thing that I was talking about for this morning's broadcast, right? How do we hold on to that intention? When we have forces like retrograde planets, like the sun moving into the spleen where all the fear gates are sort of activated. And Put yourself in a position of having a manifesting blueprint where you're out of alignment with that. So now we're realigning you to that and you're having to make new choices that are going to create dissonance, right? So you're in dissonance. Celebrate, Michelle. Celebrate. I know it doesn't feel good, but it's a celebration because it does tell you that you are in the process of change, that you've made choices. You're not yet to the new, but you're not all the way in the old. So you're in dissonance, celebrate it. Uh, Treat yourself says, I'm taking a risk with technology. Grateful to be here as I drink a Coke and realize my patterns with caffeine and discipline. So here's the thing, right? I don't want you to think that you can't have a Coke or you can't go to the refrigerator and grab a cookie. That's not the point. The point is if discipline would suggest moderation in all things, right? <clears throat> Typically I can, I, the old Janet can go through an entire bag of candy in one sitting, right? You give me uh, Whoppers, you give me Milk Duds, I'm gonna eat the whole flumen thing because they're that good, I have no discipline. So the part for me that would be discipline is probably don't put candy in the house, right? I don't get trick-or-treaters anyway. So why would I buy candy, right? So don't, so, it and it's not that if I have a piece of candy that I'm no longer disciplined, the discipline part might be taking one or two pieces of candy or having a cookie or two and not the whole bag, <laughs> not the whole batch, um, uh, that kind of thing, right? So yes, like last night, I actually had the first Pepsi I've had probably since camping back in July, easily. And it was so good, right? It tasted so good. And I was like, I'm not even going to beat myself up over this one because I wanted it. And to beat myself up, then I would start to set the field in motion in my body to not to reject it or to have it cause problems within my body. So I wasn't going to do that. I'm just going, I'm celebrating that I'm going to have this Pepsi. And it was so good, right? But I'm not drinking Pepsi after Pepsi after Pepsi either. I can keep that discipline in place. So we have to find that fine line between withholding and discipline. Because withholding isn't so good either. Right? We don't want to withhold things from ourselves because then we just want it that much more. Right? Then it becomes almost this like siren song calling us to the refrigerator. Come get me. I'm your Pepsi. I want to be drinking. Right? I'm your cookies. Take me out and bake me. Um, or you know, defrost me and eat me, right? <laughs> we don't want that either. So, discipline is about maybe moderation, right? That's the other thing that comes up with Jupiter coming this close to Earth and being in retrograde, is all things need to be in moderation. In moderation, right? So that's the key. Um I hear a cardinal singing from your window. I don't know if we have cardinals here, Christine. I don't think we have them here, but I don't know what it is that's singing, but my husband noticed it this morning too. And he's like, that is such a pretty sound. And uh, yeah, I don't know what it is, but I've never seen a cardinal in Washington. So somebody look it up for me, see if there are cardinals in Western Washington. So, Christine, um, I mean, Suzanne says, no, I feel it's a good time. I just went through an experience with my grandma that had Alzheimer's. I stayed with her for the last two weeks of her life and watched her pass. I was taking care of her for three years. I remember that, Suzanne. I learned so, so much. She passed two weeks ago. We're so sorry to hear that your grandma passed. But how special that you could be there with her as she went through that transition. And she says, I have new knowledge. I need to put it to use. Indeed. Absolutely. And Christine uh, J Lo says she had a dream last night of a cardinal in a tree. That's kind of cool. I'm glad you're remembering parts of your dreams that they're important parts probably and meant for you to remember. Amanda J. Good morning. Uh, Okay. So J Lo says she's also a Libra moon, Michelle. uh, And Michelle, I felt the same Saturday night. Awesome. I mean, I, I think we all sort of had these times debbie says raise your hand if you're a candy freak Mm, not so good for me so i try to avoid if i can angela christine good morning to you uh treat yourself says well thanks got it uh any other questions moderation is key you're correct right tom says a chickadee that i would believe tom because Um, It's been super dry here in the Pacific Northwest. So funny because in the spring, we were like super flooded, wet, you know, it's kind of funny, late spring, early summer. And I found that uh, we went through our entire fountain was dry the other day after just refilling it because the birds are in it, right? And they're playing with it. And I noticed chickadees in my hummingbird fountain, which was really kind of cool to see. So yeah, you're right. They're probably uh, chickadees and um okay cardinals are from ones who passed oh goodness so maybe that's why we're hearing that maybe that's why it triggered a cardinal sound for us this morning okay all right i don't see any other questions here if i missed your question go ahead and type it in again for me so i'll see it as it pops up because now i really want to talk i want to go back to the spleen in human design make sure i have some time Um, Because the spleen is the center for time, intuition, health, and survival. It is one of the older centers in human design, and it's structured in a way to um, keep us in survival. So it's done its job, right? We're here. We're a testament to the power of survival energy. And survival energy has been brought to human beings via fight, flight, or freeze, right? Three uh, very powerful uh, energies that have kept us in alignment with thriving energy. So we could thrive, right, and be successful. That would be the highest and best. Or on the lower end of this scale of of, uh, the spleen, we have fear and fear is almost equal to failure, if you want to kind of put it that way, uh, failure to thrive, right? A failure to thrive because of fear, <clears throat> and you know, just because we're having fear doesn't mean that we are failing to thrive. I don't mean that either, but we have to understand what is it that fear. We have to put fear in its place, right? We have to have an understanding of how to use the energy of fear so that it doesn't use us. Does that make sense to everybody? So, you know, fear is a part of how we've developed on this planet. It has kept us alive, right? Thank you very much, fear. But now in our modern age, the fear that used to be about how do we survive a winter? um, Do we have, uh, do we sense, you know, danger from the environment, maybe you know, tiger, something coming to eat us kind of thing, a bear, a cougar, whatever, right? So do we need to hide? Do we need to move to higher ground? Because maybe there's an earthquake about to happen or a tsunami about to happen, right? We had all of these natural gut instinctive awarenesses that have kept us alive as a species, right? On the bigger scale, But now in our modern age, you know, I'm not so afraid that a bear, even though they're around, uh, or a deer uh, is going to, you know, eat me. I mean, really, a deer doesn't eat people. So there aren't animals or circumstances necessarily that are going to create a sense of uh, needing to survive, right? Yes, we have weather patterns that can trigger, you know, big deals. We have earthquakes. So We have fires. We have floods, etc. But the fears that would trigger fight, flight, or freeze have now also turned into false evidence appearing real, the acronym for fear in our day to day lives. And there are things like inadequacy. There are things like uh, the fear of the past repeating itself, a fear of the future a fear that I'm not good enough, I don't know enough, I fear that I'm going to fail in my responsibilities to my family, or I'm just going to fail. I'm just going to fail in life and uh, fail in not being perfect. I'm not perfect, right? Or that in some way, my survival, my very survival is in question. So as we move from September 27th through the first week in November, we're going to get a look at those fear fields, the fear potentials via the sun. And each one of them are triggered by the earth, of course, right? The, The earth begins to trigger something that challenges us to evolve through the fear. Now, in human design, the antidote to fear is to feel it and do it anyway. Feel the fear and do it anyway, right? I am afraid if I go back to school, it's not the right timing. Feel the fear, but do it anyway, right? False evidence appearing real. It's not real. Now, there are some fears that are real. Like if you're walking down a dark alley in some big city and and the hair on the back of your neck goes up um, because you sense your spidey senses are telling you you're being stalked by another person or something like that, pay attention. But if you're attempting to do something new in your life, and a lot of you are going to be because you're going to be getting your divine manifesting blueprints here, and you're going to want to create something new, it is going to trigger fear. But is it real fear? Or is it false evidence fear? Is it fear of the splenic sort that can create paralysis, stopping you from moving forward? Right, stopping you from taking that next step. The fear is often the fear that I'm talking about now, the false evidence appearing real kind of fear is often a call from your higher self, a call from within you that you need to move in that direction. Right, you have to move in that direction. I'm going to tell you about a fear that I had that seemed so stupid. Right, I, I, you guys all know that I've taken up bike riding. Um, and my husband and i've been all over this island and we drove to idaho we drove our, rode our bikes all around idaho but i was i had this irrational fear of leaving my island on my bike and my husband's like okay well i'll just get you a mirror so you can see cars behind you because first of all there aren't roads that are very wide here in fact they're 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 fairly narrow they're one lane going one way one lane going the other there is not an edge that bikes can ride in very comfortably because the road ends and then you've got this like gravel dirt um, weeds on the side so if a car came too close it could push me off the edge and there are big uh, drainage ditches or um, sloughs on either side so i had this irrational fear of going off the island on my bike I would drive my bike off the island to ride it somewhere else. And one day I'm like, I got to just do this. I have to stop. This is irrational, right? Yeah, of course I could get hit, but I could get hit anywhere, right? I could get hit crossing the street. So I absolutely had to take that next step. And I, my heart was beating. I was sweating almost. I could feel like all that anxiety. And then I, the first cars passed me. The first car that passed me was a big SUV pulling a boat on a narrow road. And most people are very respectful of bikers. They will you know, take the wide road. But I also saw a car coming the other direction, which meant that the timing and the space for this big SUV and boat to pass me and get out of the way of the oncoming car was very narrow. And yet it happened like magic, right? So I was like, oh, phew, did that. Now I don't think twice about going off the island on my bike, right? I don't care now about it so much. I face that fear. And I know that's just a small little fear. Some of you are, you know, there are big fears out there. Right? The fear of, of leaving a relationship or of leaving a job or of getting a new job of you know reclaiming your health, uh, all kinds of financial concerns, all kinds of big fears, bigger than me riding my bike off my island. But it doesn't matter. There is no difficulty in or difference in fear. It has the same effect. It stops us from being who we want to be, going where we want to go, or doing what we want to do. So we need to celebrate this time of the year because we get to look at all of the fears, right? The different kinds of fears through different facets. Now, all of you have human designs that are going to look different. Some of you are going to have open spleens, which means they're white. The the spleen itself is white. By the way, the spleen, if you're facing your chart, is the lower left um, triangle that faces inward toward the sacral. Some of you are going to have it defined. That would mean it's colored and it's kind of color, a tan, brown, gray color. And some of you are going to have it, um, you know, lit up like a Christmas tree, right? You might have all kinds of hanging gates on it. Everybody's spleen is going to look a little different. And over the course of the next few weeks, we'll take a look at the different ways the spleen can be connected up. Because if we understand fear, if we understand what it is that we're going through, then we can, with assuredness, take steps to move beyond it. Just like I deliberately made myself ride off this island on my bicycle. Of course, I wear a helmet and my little mirror, so I could see cars that were coming, Uh, have my flasher on the back, whatever you call that thing, the reflector, I, I made myself protected enough, and I could move forward. But lots of us get caught up in a fear and we can't move forward. Like Michelle, I'm I'm sure if I think about it, Michelle, there's a fear that isn't quite, maybe you have, it's not quite into your conscious mind yet that maybe you were having to work through, or maybe you were just exhausted, right? Who knows? We don't always know, but I do know coming up that it's more than likely that we are all going to be working through different fears. Um, Now, The first fear, uh, I don't see cardinals in Washington, according to the internet. Yeah, thanks, Debbie. I didn't think so. Um, I would love to see a cardinal. We do have blue jays, blue jays, but that's not a blue jay call. I think Tom is right. It's probably chickadees. Um, So the first fear that's up starting tomorrow is going to be uh, at the gate 28. And the gate, I'm sorry, not the gate 28, the gate eighteen. 18 is the lowest um, gate on the spleen center. So lowest meaning it's toward the bottom of the spleen and it is a gate that we think of as the gate of the fear of perfection. So gate 18 literally gives us the feeling that I'm not perfect that I'm it's like it's not my my project isn't perfect my voice isn't perfect it's not the perfect time it gives us a skewed idea of what perfection is and then perfection in that particular gate leads us into judgment we become judgy of ourselves we might become judgy of others because we might be tempted to project our judgment outward right we're really literally um worried that we are not perfect or we're judging ourselves but we project it outward and so we start to see it on everybody else out there and we want to judge them so the energy of this particular gate for us could stop us from putting out our work from doing what the most logical thing is to do next or like for example let's say you were writing a book and you've been writing this book it's done it's done The gate of uh, 18, the gate of perfection um, or judgment or critical thinking, it's criticism, um, could have you stuck in a pattern of re-editing and editing yet again and proofreading yet again, rewriting and ad nauseum. So the book never gets from, you know, being written to being published or to getting into the hands of the person that needs it. So perfection can, the fear of it not being perfect can keep us from putting out our work or doing what we love or taking the next steps in our lives. So we're going to be struggling with that one. And the earth will challenge us because she's going to be sitting at the gate 17. The gate 17 is up on the Ajna and it's a gate that reaches down to the throat center to the gate 62, um, but we're worried more about the 17 the 17 has all kinds of reasons logic even to keep us from putting out our work right I need to go check for punctuation oh did I use the right um font throughout the whole of the book did I you know spell this word wrong every time those kinds of things that are details that we need to see to but shouldn't stop us from going on right so the other problem with the 17 is sometimes it's filled with opinion we don't know if it's true or not it's not tested yet right that's that is that particular gate that earth will be in is like prompting us to take a look deeper at our fear prompting us to take a look deeper at our own fear of perfection. You know, the, the our idea of, of uh, what constitutes perfection anyway. Is it an ideal that's somewhere out there, right, that will come in the future? Or is it in the moment? Because the spleen represents time. Time is now. Everything is as perfect as it can be in this moment. Now it might be different later, right? But later it doesn't exist. So right now in this moment is what we have to deal with. And the, the fear here in this can keep us from putting out something or doing something good for ourselves. Also the spleen center is the center for health and immunity, so those of you who have it open, which means it would be white, have a less inconsistent, I mean, a a less consistent, so a more inconsistent immune system. So when you're falling prey to fear, if you have an open spleen, your immune system may be taking a battering, right? That can make you feel tired. That can make you get sick. I mean, you're easily going to, you be, you might more easily fall prey to germs and viruses and what have you. If you have a defined spleen, which means it would be colored in brownish, then you have a consistent immune system, right? So if you're faced with fear, it can trigger an immune response in you that is the same response that's always triggered when you face something new. Right? Um, I, I used to have a friend that every time that we were going to go on a trip together, or we, we, even if we were just going to go to the beach together, she got sick every time. And I will guarantee you she has a, a defined spleen and something about the fear of travel, perhaps or something about the fear of going out created the immune response that her body was always reverting to, which was getting sick, keeping her safe, right, keeping her safe. So those of you who have a defined spleen may find yourselves in in familiar repeating health problems, right, because your body is always gonna treat fear in the same way. Right. You're going to treat it. It's going to be the same for you versus those who have it open, where it could be, you know, any number of different ways that you might experience fear. The whole idea of fear is it's meant to keep you alive, it's meant to keep you well. But instead, it brings us into victimness, right? It brings us to the brink of letting go of what we want to do or being who we want to be because we're afraid. Right. So that is the 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 negative that that happens with these weeks ahead of us as we are looking at, well, what's the shadow energy here? Right. So the shadow energy that we're going to be dealing with starting tomorrow is really going to be about judgment. Right. Judging ourselves, judging others. It's not our job to judge or to sit in judgment either. Right, of ourselves or anybody else. Um, so we have to see ourselves as perfect in the moment. The next moment could be different, but we're not in that next moment yet. We're in this moment. And in this moment, everything is perfect, right? Everything is perfect. All right. Uh, I do need to get going here this morning. I've got a busy, busy day, but I do want to say that, uh, what do I want to say? Because it just went right out of my head. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> Now I remember, Uh, I want to say, please, if you are watching me on YouTube this morning, hit the thumbs up button, please subscribe. If you have not yet subscribed and you also have the little bell next to the subscribe that will allow you to um, be notified when I come on live. If you're watching me on Facebook this morning, also hit the like button and share it with your um, different groups and friends, things the, your networks of people. And for those of you watching on LinkedIn, please also, I don't know if there's, I think there's a thumbs up or a like button there as well. And share that with your networks. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I will see you all on Wednesday with Tam taking a look ahead at October. I can't even believe I'm saying that. Taking a look ahead at October. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Take care and have a wonderful day. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom, Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.